Welcome to Death and Aliens, an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two friends who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm MK. And I'm Courtney. And Courtney, with trepidation, I ask, how are you? (laughs) Not well. Um, I have bronchitis, but I'm okay. I've had it for seven days now, and it has killed me, basically. This is the best of me this week, and it's not—it's not great. Um, so I've—I've I've been through the ringer. I have not been at work all week. I was given prednisone to knock it out, and immediately had a reaction to it that kept me up all night long, and gave me a panic attack Friday night. Um, <laughs> I am, so now I'm on a pack that I hope fixes it because I'm sick of being sick. Um, so I'm here and I'm going to survive, but that is all I can (laughs) agree to right now. That's how are you? Totally fair. Um, last weekend I got my wedding dress, which is really exciting. But then I also somehow managed to do quite literally nothing for the entire weekend. Like, I literally showed up at work Monday morning and looked at my principal and said, I have nothing planned for today, so let's see how this goes. Like, literally did nothing. Yeah. Um, And... um, It was not great because I also had a project that like um the my my assignment that was due for the final for my class the week before was not like correct on the online portfolio and she had emailed me Friday night asking me to fix it and I didn't see it till Tuesday morning like that much of like did not know who the fuck I was all weekend um so then I had only Tuesday and Wednesday to finish my other two finals and um, somehow become a person. And so we're recording this six days later than we meant to, which is fine because it turned out that Courtney had bronchitis. So it's great. Um, yeah. I, uh, this is, I, I know I don't sound super enthusiastic right now, but this makes me sound like I'm talking like the happiest person on the planet based on how I've been the rest of the week and my voice yeah. has been. So this is, for yeah. the best for everyone. So it's just been it's been a week. It's been two weeks of like I literally don't even know who I am. But um because also during those two weeks my car was in the shop like three different times. Yeah. So um <clears throat> like it's been um a long, long two weeks. And if the next five days don't move so fast, I don't know if I'll make it. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. I'm with you. So um, when this episode comes out <clears throat> on New Year's Eve, um, hopefully... Oh, yeah, Happy 20- New Year's! <laughs> Happy New Year's! It's the last DNA of 2023. My goal is for all of the DNA episodes of 2024 to be much more positive. Um, 
unfortunately for the listeners, the first three episodes of 2024 will be recorded in the next two days. So they probably won't be that much more. I'm going to be super positive. Starting right this um, second. Uh, I think you should probably do that by giving me some spiritual enlightenment. Well, let me enlighten you. Now I've opened it in a different spot. Now I don't worry. Hold on. Oh, there it is. Okay. Um, Okay. You don't have to fight. It's okay to walk away. It isn't giving up if you're choosing yourself over a battle that will leave you bloodied and broken. You didn't surrender. You chose something more worthwhile to put your effort into. And that is the real victory. J.D. Lynn. I love that. As we sit here bloody and broken. Right. And like giving up on everything. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to try and keep my golfing to a minimum, but no promises. Yeah. Um, well, we're going to talk about an episode that I've been waiting for a very long time, mostly for how. I really think I wish we would have done this episode when you were healthy because I just have visions of your reactions to things that are probably not what's going to oh, actually happen. I have yeah. unhinged reactions ready. Um, Perfect. So I'm going to do my best. Um, Perfect. Today we begin season five of Stargate SG-1. We're like 3% away through the series now. 3% of the way through the series. We're 40% of the way through SG-1. Just going to be great. Um, this episode, season five, episode one, came out on Friday, June 29th, 2001. So once again, we are starting our season at the end of this, like June for, I don't know what reason. I mean, I know it was on Showtime. I know they don't have normal, like conventional TV seasons, sure, but, why it's, not? but it's odd, especially because season four ended in what february yeah end of february so so it's only three months hiatus before the new season starts they've had longer hiatuses within the seasons before right right <clears throat> but anyway it was rated 8.4 stars um, the top song of june 29th 2001 was uh, Lady Marmalade by Christina Aguilera, oh. Lil' Kim, Maya, and Pink. If I didn't have bronchitis and there was not copyright restrictions, <laughs> I would break out right now. Right. It's one of my faves. I know every word. Um, the top movie was AI, Artificial Intelligence, which was that weird sci-fi movie with Haley Joel Osment playing an android. Yeah, I never watched it, but they brought Me it back either. to Alamo this year because um, it's a... Uh, I think it's a... Uh, um, oh, my gosh. Kubrick film. I think it's a Kubrick film. No, it's Spielberg. It's Spielberg? Okay, so then they yeah. brought it back, like, August. It's not not the later one. We had a Spielberg month earlier, too. And it was, like, for, like, three weeks straight. It was on, like, every other day at Alamo. And I was like, I'm gonna go see it. I've never I'm gonna go see it. And I never did. I never did. Um, yeah. I uh, also haven't seen it, because in 2001, I did not appreciate Spielberg. Um, and, uh, Haley Joel Osment as an android did not appeal to me. Have you seen it now? No. Okay, I haven't either. I want to. 
Um, the top book was P for Peril by Sue Grafton. That's part of the Alphabet Mer Mystery Series, which I feel like we've talked about when an oh, yeah. earlier one came out. I think um, we've had a few others. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, on this day, the only really interesting piece of news that I could find was that today, Jan June 29th, 2001, was the day that Nadia Comaneci officially became a U.S. citizen. I don't know who that is. She's a, a Olympic gymnast. Oh, I bet I do know who she is. That's the time I was really into the Olympics. I was the figure mm -hmm. skater. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, this episode was directed by Martin Wood. Um, and it was written by Brad Wright on story, Robert C. Cooper on story and teleplay, Joseph Malazzi and Paul Mully both also on story. So everybody, everybody's I back for this one. <laughs> don't normally pay attention to the credits. And I saw these come up and I was like, what is happening? Well, because it's when it said when it said story by, all four of their names came up, so you mm -hmm. couldn't help but pay attention because the yeah. entire screen yeah. was credits instead of a picture. Yeah. <clears throat> I was like, okay, the whole crew's here today. Um, and the editing was by the editing was by Brad Rhines, and. Um, the guest star was Jennifer Calvert, uh, who played Renal. Um, she was in about 47 seconds, but she was the only person that was not um, already in the show before. Um, she is known for Stargate, um, Spats, and Merlin's Apprentice. <laughs> That's like stand for something? Nope. It's the name of something. No, don't know. Um, she's Canadian. Um she apparently trained at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts, but then went on to only star in things that, like, for sure did not um, need to have gone to the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts to do so. Okay. And um, I could not find any social media or anything about her outside of that. So. Oh. I love it. <laughs> um. I just almost started reading the trivia instead of the episode. That would have been... That is the wrong place to start. It is the wrong place to start, especially because if you look at the trivia for this episode, um, when you go to IMDb, it immediately says all trivia contains spoilers. <laughs> <clears throat> Granted, the just spoilers for this episode, not for the show. Right. Um, but That's that would be a name. That would be a weird way to start the episode. <laughs> yeah, just spoil it immediately. <laughs> Um, the way that we did start the episode is, you know, how we usually start a two-parter, um, the second half of a two-parter. We start with the previously on, which surprisingly only shows clips from the immediate preceding episode. A lot of times when they have previously ons, they, like, jumble all the shit that you need to know about into one get, thing. Like, but this season one, episode two, in season four, yeah. Yeah. Um, but this was literally only a recap of the season finale because this uh was a very uh good canonic like correctly following two-parter i appreciate that a plus a plus yes. so once we're done with the uh clips we start with um 
immediately where we left off with the two ships in the new galaxy. And um, the mother ship that the, our team is on took some damage in the blast wave and none of the systems are responding. So they're like sitting ducks. They have no hyperdrive. They have no shields. They have nothing. And Apophis is there. So Daniel suggests reaching out to the big mothership and asking Apophis not to shoot. Which feels like the incorrect thing to do. I mean, based on Daniel's history. Right. This feels very much like what Daniel would do. Yeah. But I agree. It's not what I would recommend. Although, to be fair, I don't know that I have a recommendation because they have no options. Right, right. Um, so Selmak does, in fact, reach out, and um, Apophis comes back on and says that he's going to kill all of them, and that he knows that they're off course and that they have no hope for survival, but also that they can't help him, so it doesn't matter. He's going to kill them all anyway. That tracks. And Daniel's like, it's okay, no, we surrender. And Jack's like, why the fuck would you do that? He's like, I'm just trying to buy more time. And Apophis says, too late, don't care, dead. Um, I mean, at this point, if I was a prophet, I also would be like, <laughs> we right. running in circles. There's not a chance. You're only going to be a headache for me at this point. Um, well, luckily for them, they don't have a chance to become a prophet's headache because another ship just suddenly arrives and starts firing on a prophet. Um, I'm curious what your thoughts on this new ship were oh i immediately thought it was tilk oh okay yeah i know quite because i like i i knew in my heart he wasn't dead or anything and mm. they like i just i just it it's the only thing that made sense in my head that's fair um, it i don't think i would have ever come to that conclusion because i was sure he was still on apophis's ship so um you know i just assume that nothing makes sense anymore because like logically that's where we left him basically dead on a ship but you know there's always some kind of like especially in sci-fi like some kind of random escape that no one sees coming there here we are Well, and there are some other details as we go on that might, like, add to that theory. Um, But Jacob is like, okay, while we're, while this other ship is here, we're going to take this moment and get out of here while we can, um, while this is distracted, especially because um, the Gould computers cannot identify the ship. There is nothing on the ship that is from our galaxy that the Gould have ever encountered. Yeah. So, like, potential new species. Interesting. Great. And Sam's like, well, that does check out. We're in literally another galaxy. Right, right. <laughs> um, so they, then they do what I also think, um, usually I think Jack is a little narrow-minded. Um, in this episode, in this part in particular, I was 100% team Jack. Because Jacob was like, this system that we're in right now orbits around a blue giant 
and we're going to use the blue giant's radiation to hide us from Apophis's sensors. And Jack's like, radiation? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, it'll be fine. We'll be fine for a while. Okay. No, not at all. Um... Oh, so Sam and Jake, I wrote Sam and Jake, I wrote S plus Jake because I forgot to write who I said they, and then I realized that it wasn't everyone and I needed to clarify who it was. And so Sam and Jacob um, are using this time while they're hidden from the sensors to make repairs and they repair the shields first. So at least they have protection, but then um, the hyperdrive crystals are all completely destroyed and they have already used up their backups. So we are once again potentially stranded. Dead. Um, and while they're working, Daniel and Jack are in the um, on the bridge on the Peltac, and Daniel asks Jack what happened on Vorash. <clears throat> and Jack like really depressingly blames himself for Teal getting shot. He thinks Teal is dead, and he thinks that's his fault. And Daniel's like, no, but like literally the point of an ambush is that you don't know it's coming. Like you couldn't have done anything. I don't. Okay. And so Daniel tries to comfort him, but it's Jack. So that doesn't go well. (laughs) But then we go to the SGC and we check in down there. And the Tok'ra, Renal, arrives to give Hammond the news of what has happened. And she tells him that the two, that two ships did attempt to go into hyperspace, according to their data, but they did not make it out before the um, blast from the supernova. And that one escape pod did leave Apophis' ship, but they couldn't track it. Um, and they're... But they're, despite that, they're fairly confident it wasn't Apophis, because if it was Apophis, it would have meant he knew the ambush was coming, and he would have gotten his fleet out of there, and he didn't. So the escape pod is not him. And Hammond is like, well, these two ships did not survive, and um, you haven't heard anything from SG-1. And she's like, yeah. Um, they're probably not, probably didn't make it just so, you know, and she's like, but like the good news is they created enough chaos that like the Gawolds are like only attacking each other. They're going to like not really be coming for Earth or for the Tok'ra for a while because they got way bigger fish to fry right now. And she says that the Tok'ra are formally, formally honoring Salmak as a like war hero. And Hammond is like, I'm just going to hold my horses for a little bit and she's like but the odds are like impossible and he's like sg1 has an uncanny habit of beating the odds and i feel like that is like i thought that secret ship was (laughs) too which that's what when i was like there are as a scene later that like could lend credence to that thought that's the the conversation um but we go back to space, um, and don't worry, we will not come back to Earth at all. So the rest of this is 
well, no, but in this episode, but there's, so the rest of this is pretty <laughs> stream of consciousness. There's not a lot of back and forth and I somehow still had five pages of notes. So, um, all right. So in, yeah, in space, they leave the coronasphere and re-engage their sensors, but the only ship they find is apophysis. So they're nervous, but their sensors say that there's no life signs on board. Yeah. <laughs> when did you know what was going on? Um, not yet. Okay. Not yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it took me a minute. So, um, Jacob, Sam, and Jack decide they're going to head over to Apophis' ship and figure out what happened and either steal the whole ship to get themselves back faster or at least steal the hyperdrive control crystals so that they can use the mothership that they're on. And they get to the ship and there's an alarm blaring that says that the self-destruct is set and they have four minutes before the ship blows up. So Sam and Jack head to get the crystals and Jacob tries to disable the self-destruct. And um, Sam knows where she's going because she studied the specs of the ship and like, there's like this weird scene where like Jack is like flirting with her because she's smart kind of thing, which like is so useless to the plot, but like so great for me. <laughs> um, but then they come around the corner and they find a bunch of dead Jaffa. And as they're examining it, they hear a noise around the corner and Sam can't place the noise, but says it sounds familiar. The problem is we see it before they see it. Yeah. So as soon as you hear the noise, the camera also shows the leg of a replicator. And all I could think was, remember how on our wrap up last week, all Courtney wanted to complain about was the fact that we didn't see the replicator. Well, we only see them in the first episode of every season. <laughs> Spoiler alert, moving forward. This <laughs> um. And they spot the replicator and call Jacob and tell him that they should probably leave. And he agrees because he's made it to the Peltac and turns out it is completely covered in replicators. Yeah. Um, also, I would like to note that these replicators look better than season four replicators. Fair. Um, I like them a lot better. Also, we, we remember that the replicator is because they're like absorbing the materials. They like look different depending on what kind of material they're eating and the gold ships are so like ornate and like fancy for no reason that the go that these replicators have like a, a fancier color and shape to them they looked they just looked less mm. like lego spiders and more like a robot yeah yeah i mean and but interestingly when they first showed up and when you first saw them like in the hallway they looked exactly the same like the same lego spiders but then as they develop in this episode they look better because they're eating more gold tech mm, that makes sense yeah that makes sense. yeah um jacob says because of the replicators he cannot shut down the self-destruct so they have three minutes to get the crystals out and get out without being attacked Plenty of time. Plenty of time. Um, Daniel is like, what is going on? And they're like, hey, there's a bunch of replicators up here. Um, 
And he's like, they're like, as soon as we get there, you're going to have to fly the ship. And he goes, again, still don't know how to do that. So if someone could uh, tell me how to fix that, that'd be great. Um, But the three on Apophis' ship get back just in time with the crystals and escape right as Apophis' ship blows up. Um, And somehow they survive. Um, but their whole thing, there's like, they're, everybody's yelling and they're arguing and ja- Jacob keeps screaming that they're not going to make it. And he sounds like the narrator from Dinosaur. Um, <clears throat> which, okay, quick side note, they're getting rid of Dinosaur. If it's not closed down already, it it is soon. Dinosaur will no longer exist at Animal Kingdom very soon. You're just ruining my life. I know. Um, it ruined my life when I found out. And um, oh, I actually did know about that. Now that yeah. you're saying, and when I and when I found out, I literally just looked at Dan with like tears in my eyes, and he was like, "What's wrong?" And I was like, "We're not gonna make it. We're not gonna make it." And he was like, "I don't understand what's happening." <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, every time, every time Jacob shouted that we, they weren't gonna make it, that's all i heard <laughs> well, on a positive note only semi-related jessica pearson who plays when you walk up and you have the woman who's giving you all your instructions yeah no, that's mission space yep it is that sure is she's getting her own spinoff of suits though very nice i like that um <laughs> but i was like yeah no that's that's not who that is <laughs> right. the, the woman who tells you what to do and yells at you is the mom from the cosby show i think yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, yeah, my brain, my brain is really fine. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but so somehow they do end up surviving despite thinking that they won't. And Jacob and Jack have the most ridiculous argument about who gets to be right. And like Jack is like expecting Jacob to stop being so pessimistic. And Jacob's like, "But if I die, then it'll be the last time I get to be right." And Jack's like, "What the fuck is happening?" And Sam just goes. Welcome to my life. (laughs) But also, the more you watch Jacob and Jack interact, the more it makes sense why Sam likes Jack. Because, like, to be honest, Sam is way too smart for Jack. Like, 100%. 100%. And, like, sure, Richard Dean Anderson is handsome. But, like, that's not enough. But he, he is her father. Mm-hmm. in all of the best and all of the worst ways and it like yeah. makes so much more sense when you like see Jacob and Jack together um but so then Jacob and Sam fix the hyperdrive engine and Daniel calls them because he's picking up another ship on the sensors there's a lot happening but, um, for them being in a galaxy that is not theirs definitely. yeah um the ship on the sensors is not the Death Star. It is, in fact, uh, just a gold cargo ship that escaped before the replicators took over. So they hail it, and on the ship is Teal'c, who says that Apophis revived him in the sarcophagus and that he has a few other loyal Jaffa on board his ship that helped him escape. Um, I'm so very excited op- for this one second. Yeah. So they open the cargo bay to let him in. And um, 
When they go down to greet Teal'c, it turns out to be a surprise ambush, and Apophis is there with him, telling him that he has regained his position as First Prime. Eek. I was not sure at this <clears> moment, though, <throat> if there was, like, brainwashing or if it was just <clears throat> Teal'c acting to get through. Well, and here's the thing. Jack didn't know what was happening yeah. at that point either, because SG one's being taken prisoner, and Jack's like, "Teal, this doesn't really feel like a good plan, but whatever it is, you just tell me what to do, and I got you." Um, and Teal responds by punching him in the face. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not a good sign for their relationship. Oh, no, and Jack is very upset. The rest of the episode about it. <laughs> Um, and Daniel and Jack are like, too, like, what's going on? Like, this is not you. You've been brainwashed. And he's like, he's like, we've been, Jack's like, what about the last four years? He goes, the last four years were awful. I had to, it makes me sick to think that I had to pretend to be your friend for four years. Like, and he just says some really awful things about how many times he wishes that he hadn't saved Jack because all he wanted to do was watch him die. And that the only reason he was okay with them killing Gawuld was because they were Apophis's enemies and he knew that everything that they did to Apophis wasn't serious and that Apophis would come back stronger. And Daniel's like, so remember when we brainwashed your kid? And Teal's basically like, fuck off. Yeah. And they're like, do you remember when Apophis died twice? Like, you just watched him die one time. He's like, no, 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 no. I totally knew he was going to be better. Everything's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And Teal just, like, immediately locks them up and starts ordering the Jaffa to, like, unload the cargo ship and take over the mothership. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so Jack asks Sam if she can hotwire the panel inside the holding cell to get them out. And she's like, no, I, I can't. She's like, do you know how stupid of a prison cell this would be if I could figure out how to do that? And poor, naive... And hopeful Jack is like, maybe that's the point. Maybe he put us in a cell that was easy to hotwire because that's the point. Yeah. <laughs> it, it wasn't, but it's okay. Um, the Jaffa began unloading the cargo ship, but one of the crates has something in it, which is such a good sign. Yeah. Um, Apophis has taken over the ship. Everybody's over in the Pelchak. Um, and he tells them that Asamak has still eluded capture and Tilk's like, I will personally handle this. I got this. Um, we go back to Sam and she still cannot open the door um, until she suddenly thinks that she did open the door, but really it was just Jacob opening the door on the outside. Yeah. Um, and they're about to escape, but then Tilk and the other Jaffa stop them and put Jacob in the cell. And Jack pleads with Teal'c, and he's like, I know that you're in there somewhere. Remember the truth. And Teal'c's like, the only truth is that you are prisoners of Apophis, and when my symbiote matures, you will be the next gold. Yeah. Jack just goes, maybe maybe the other truth is what I was thinking yeah. of. I was like, yeah, I'm with Jack on this one. I mean, he's totally delusional at this moment, but I'm totally with him also. Um, but then... Tilk destroys the control panel so they can't even attempt to escape again. Yeah. Uh, I still wanted to hold on to hope with Jack. I was like, I'm like 99.9% .9 sure that Tilk is brainwashed at this point. 
But there's a little piece of me that really, really hopes he's just like following through <laughs> until they get where they need to be. That would be one hell of a undercover situation. Yeah. Um, the other Jaffa that are with Teal like start complaining to him, and they're like, "We're trapped in a galaxy away from everyone else. When our symbiotes mature, we're all gonna die." And Teal's like, "Good, that's the point. You die in service of your god." Yeah, he's really intense as First Prime. Like, not a fan. Don't love First Prime, Tilk. Yeah, it's um, it's a look for sure. It's a vibe. Yeah. It, it's not my vibe, but it, it is a vibe. Yeah. Um, but then suddenly all the internal sensors shut down and power is being diverted and they drop out of hyperspace and the whole system begins failing and everyone doesn't know what to do. Um. And so Teal'c and the Jaffa go to the engine room and find that it's overrun with replicators again. Yay. Um, so the door to the holding cell suddenly opens and a replicator comes in. And Jack and Sam start to panic, like a little. They're very nervous. They're really worried that something bad's going to happen. Um, Daniel, on the other hand, panics a fucking lot. Um... And he's like, maybe we should, like, I don't know, get out of here. So so they try that. Um, and Teal tries to tell Apophis what's going on, but then they lose control of the radio because the replicators have gotten into that system as well. Um, and Apophis Apopha and the Jaffis. That's the ones. That's it. That's my band name. Um, Apophis and the Jaffa go to attack the replicators and it like does not go well for them because as we learned in season four, they feed off energy, which is what the Jaffa staff and Zap guns shoot is just pure energy. So that's really bad for them. Um, and while all of these Jaffa are just like viciously and cruelly dying in the background, Apophis just sneaks out to get away from them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the team goes to the cargo hold to stock up on weapons, and they decide that even though Teal's brainwashed, they aren't going to leave him behind. So they split up, and Jacob and Daniel go to secure the cargo ship, and while Sam and Jack go to find Teal, and Jacob uh -huh. gives Jack a bomb. Yes, and this bomb. This is what I want to talk about. <laughs> okay. It. I wanted nothing more than when he handed it to Jack. And he was like, do you know what this is for Jack to shake it like a magic eight ball? Because that's exactly what it looked like. It did. And in <laughs> fact, somehow I feel like it might have been a magic eight ball. It had to be, right? That's what I thought. I was like, it definitely um, was There is nothing in the trivia that tells me that that's what it is. They did have enough like weird military props on set that it might not have been. No, it but definitely I was. also really wanted it to be a magic eight ball. I just wanted him to shake it and try to talk to it. And Jacob to be like, oh my god, it's a bomb. Stop. But Do you imagine if he shook it and the flash bomb went off in his face? Oh my gosh. It'd be so funny. It'd be so funny. Um, I don't know that funny is the word I would use to describe that. Oh, hilarious. I would have died. I would have laughed. Until Jack So he died. was like, it's so he. That's <laughs> Right, right, right. But, um, you know, assuming he survived and was fine, I would have laughed. 
Well, that's all comedy is, is pain removed. Yeah. That's deep. Yeah. I mean, it's true. It um, true. I tell people, I tell kids all the time, I wrote my bachelor's thesis on what is comedy. And so when they don't find jokes and books funny, and I do, they're wrong. And I'm right. Oh, 100%. I've been <laughs> in my sickness binge watching comedy. So I've spent a lot of time with Nate Bergazzi, who mm, is nice great comedy for the most part and it's great but um i did also explain to the kids that comedy is the one thing that um isn't constant like a drama is always a drama like the emotions that someone feels in a drama could have been written in the 800s and still matter now because emotion doesn't change but humor is very very much situationally driven and like jokes from the 1860s aren't funny if you don't know what society in the 1860s was like like it's it's not that they're not intelligent it's just that that's literally not how comedy works yep yep so that's why, like, vines are hysterical, but only to people who grew up watching vines. Like, if you were... You were alive in 2011. Yeah, like, if you were not born yet or um, were too old for that at the time already, they're not funny. And, like, because objectively, they're they're not. They're the dumbest thing on the internet. But, but it was, but it was, a, it was a, a collective moment in time. <clears throat> um, Do it for the vine. What a time to be alive. I saw a meme today that was a picture of a, a shelf in Aldi's in the grocery store, and it just said, look at all these chickens. I can't. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, so Jack takes his magic eight ball bomb, and um, Teal is telling the other Jaffa that they have to get Apophis to the cargo ship for safety. And the other Jaffa who have already been questioning Teal because first they want to know why he wants them to die. They're like, he's if he's a god, isn't he like, why is he powerless against these robots? And Teal's like, it's not him. It's our weapons. Which, to be fair, it is your weapons. Also, it is also him. it is him. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, it's, it's both. Yeah. Um... Tilk says, if you continue to spout blasphemy, I will kill you myself. Now let's go get all the human weapons. Tilk is um, the epitome of what I hate about the Jaffa in his yeah. first part. Yeah, no, like Tilk's brainwashing is like a perfect reflection of relig- religious zealotry. Like people who like yes. can't even explain why they believe what they believe because he doesn't. He doesn't have an explanation because it's not real. Yeah. But it's aggressive. Yep. And I just thought of something that is unrelated, but really funny. Um, There's this girl that I follow on TikTok who's a teacher. And she, um, on her first day of teaching ever, she was teaching 12th graders. And she decided to start the class by having uh, two truths and a lie. And um, this young African-American man said that he plays football he plays golf and he applied for the local chapter of the kkk and um she was like obviously the kkk is your lie like duh and he 
Absolutely turned his computer not. he turned his computer around and showed her the rejection letter he got from the KKK <laughs> because he did apply. He just <laughs> didn't get in. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, so that's um yeah jack would apply for tilk's team and get rejected at this moment yeah exactly um so uh jack throws this flash bomb at the jaffa and like jack and tilk begin like having a full-on like high noon shootout at each other um while that's going on, Daniel and Jacob are preparing the cargo ship to get off of the other ship, but they, like, don't even know if it'll actually work because they have no idea if they have lost control of the bay doors for the cargo bay. So, like, everything's falling to shit right now. Then, Teal'c very luckily gets distracted by a replicator behind him, and Jack shoots him right in the chest. He did what he had to do. He did what he had to do, but now Teal'c has been killed like shot in two episodes in a row um well, you know juniors tough right well and then sam checks his pulse and he is still alive and jack goes let's just hope junior keeps him that way yeah. um and then we flip to apophis quickly who's on the peltac trying to like regain control of his ship when all of the replicators invade it so that's not looking too good for him um Jack's, yeah, Jack and Sam carry Teal'c's unconscious and maybe dying body to the cargo ship. And Sam and Daniel are tying Teal'c up and getting ready to leave when suddenly the mothership jumps into hyperspeed again. Um, Which means that they cannot open the bay doors or get out. Um, So they get off the cargo ship to go investigate and find out that they're headed to the last inputted coordinates. The robots are not able to change the coordinates. So they're going to Sokar's old planet, which is Apophis's new, like, home base. But the bugs have also managed to, like, fuck around with the hyperdrive and, like, speed it up to over 30 times their normal speed. Um, And Jacob is thrilled. He's like, oh my gosh, we'll be back in our own galaxy in no time. And Sam and Jack are like, okay, but, um, no, no, because that means we'll take the replicators to our galaxy and, and no, no, no one wants that. Um, so they were like, well, we also can't self-destruct the ship this time because, um, the replicators have adapted to the gold computers and they can't get in to set the self-destruct. So... They decide to do a rerun of what they did to Thor's ship and intentionally crash it into the planet. Um, and to do that, they're going to have to, you know, because we make really intelligent and well-thought-out plans, they're going to have to physically destroy the crystals in the engine room and then make it from the engine room to the cargo bay and get in the cargo ship. All of this needs to happen between the time they drop out of hyperspeed and the time they crash into the planet after destroying the crystals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That feels borderline impossible mm-hmm. on a good day. And the ship is being overrun by replicators, so it's not a good day. No. Yeah. <clears throat> um, 
So they go to the engine room and find the most disturbingly large bug ever because all of the replicators have like joined into each other to make one giant weird like cobra beetle looking thing. Um, and they carefully attempt to like get the crystals out and ready and then they drop out of hyperspace and immediately shoot it and make a run for it. And Jacob gets the bay door open and everything's going well except for no it's not because they can't get to the cargo bay. Um, so they run into the ring room and ask uh, Jacob to beam them out. And that works. And they get on the ship and they barely escape before the doors close. Um, but the good news is Apophis is still stuck on the Peltac and he does not get out. And we watch him screaming as the ship hurtles toward the planet, which is beautiful. Um so Jack goes to check on Teal'c and tell him that Apophis is dead, and Teal'c refuses to believe him. I mean, to be fair, I'm not going to believe it until I see it. He's died twice. So, like, I'm not until this show is over, I will not believe that Apophis is dead. Okay. So, I like, I'd like to believe. I hope he's dead. But. Do you have any thoughts or theories or questions before I get into the trivia? Um, you know, do we know for sure if Tilk is dead or not after this episode? What, Tilk? Not Tilk. I'm so sorry. Apophis. Is this meant to be definitive? It is, yeah. Good. Good riddance. Um... It just feels a little lackluster for the other times he's died, but that's fine. That's not that's not for me to say. I guess. Um, I don't know. I'm curious to see Tilk's brainwashing being undone. Um, I don't what know if what, it, that- what if it isn't. What if he's just a bad guy? Oh no! No, I've, no it will be. <laughs> You're, so sure. You're so sure. You're so sure. I am super sure he'll definitely come back around. It might take a minute, but he'll definitely come back around. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that's uh, that's it. I don't really have a lot going forward. I assume we'll see the replicators again this season. Okay. Well, so. All right. Well, I have um, three pieces of trivia, and one okay. is. Th- Three. I thought you said 30. And I was like, okay, we don't have time for 30, but okay. No, yeah, I'm right. Three. Just three. Um, and the first <laughs> is that this this episode does officially mark the real death of Apophis. He is gone and he will not be back in um any real like that doesn't mean Peter Williams might not be back, like in terms of like flashbacks or like side stories, but Apophis is dead. Good. Good riddance. Um, the max speed that the mothership reaches after being modified by the replicators is 25.6 million times the speed of light, which is 175,200 light years per hour. I can't even hear what you've said. I can't. Uh, When I wrote that, I was like, I don't think these are real numbers. No, they're not. You're correct. They're not real numbers. 
Um, and then this trivia piece, I wrote it and I laughed and then I had to think about it for a second and I realized it does make sense. So the last trivia I have is that Michael Shanks suffers very, very badly from arachnophobia. So all of Daniel's reactions to the replicators is not acting. He is very, very much uncomfortable with their presence on set. And I was confused because I was like, but what, how did they handle that in season four? And then I remembered that the season four episode, Daniel wasn't in. (laughs) The season four replicator episode was when Daniel was like, down for the count and he was like only in the base so he was helping them toward the end of the one episode but he didn't ever actually see the replicators so this is michael shanks's first time acting with them so like the scene where the scene where everybody's like kind of like oh this is so scary and he's like throwing himself across the floor that's because he like genuinely did not want them to touch him wow yeah i hate that for him me too (laughs) I mean, it made for really, really well-acted scenes, but also I, I hate that for him. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, so here we are um, a year and a half into doing Stargate together, and um, Apophis is finally dead. Ding dong, the witch is dead. How are you feeling? How are you feeling about that? You know, I think I think I got a little burnt out on him dying. I think that was like, you know, he did it twice already. And so like, I'm glad because it's about time. We got to move on. We got to get some new people in. Like Apophis can't be the bad guy for 20 years. Like it just does. Yeah. But I don't know, like, SG didn't, like, quote-unquote kill him. They just sent him off in the ship to be, you know, explode. Yeah. <laughs> With the replicators. I would have liked... <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I would have liked, like, Tilt to be the one to, like, stab him in the heart or something. Like, yeah. you know, just just for the dramatic sense. Fair but enough. otherwise, like, glad he's gone. Wished it was more dramatic. <laughs> Those are my notes. Fair enough. <coughs> well, I do appreciate that this episode comes out on December 31st, though, because in 2023, we kill Apophis finally, and we will never come 2024. There will be no more Apophis, and it will be. That is nice. It's a nice, a nice cherry to top off this year. Archer in a pear tree. I don't know. So I many, look so here's, many birds. Here's the thing. <laughs> my brain. I'm doing my best with it. It's just coming up with some nonsense. No, I just thought of the TikTok you sent me last week where the guy was like, every present you just gave me were birds and people. I'm uncomfortable. Um well with that, um if you have any hey, what? You're not gonna let me punch anyone in the face. Oh you're... shit! I forgot that we do that. Um, my brain <laughs> is also not working. Um, who would you like to punch in the face? I understand it's not his fault, but I want to punch Tilk in the face. Totally valid. Totally valid. 
um, I will punch a pop fist just one last time because I'll never get to do it again. So excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. And who is your MVP? Jack. Right. That makes sense. Our dying love for Tilk. Yeah. Um, I would normally pick Jack, um, but because I knew you were going to, I'm going to go with Jacob because despite being rather annoying at some points during this episode, um, nothing would have happened if he hadn't done it. Like to be, to be very clear. <laughs> no question about that. Um, so with that, now that I remembered to end the episode correctly, um, if you would like to write a eulogy for Apophis, I would really appreciate that. Um, and I want to do that. What? I want to do that. Okay. I've lost my pen. I don't know. Where it is. <laughs> um, but if you have any other thoughts or theories or questions or you have big hopes and dreams for season five, if you have hopes and dreams for the DNA new year in general, please email us at deathandaliens at gmail.com or follow us on all of the social media at deathandaliens. You can follow me everywhere at E-M-K-A-Y underscore superstar. And you can find me at cecloud13. And with that, we will say farewell to this year and to you. And we will see you next year, next week, whatever, whenever this podcast <laughs> comes out on Thursday for our final foray into exorcisms. And um, what a way to start 2024. Just, just what a way. <laughs> so um, with that, we will see you all next week. Happy New Year. Bye. Happy New 